Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Matthew chapter 2, or chapter 3, verse 2, has a verse that really helps us really set the the foundation of tonight. And let me read this to you. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2 says this, repent. Everyone say repent. Now, repent is kind of like a churchy word, right? It's like, it's a word that like, you know, when you hear or see like satire movies of like angry preachers up there and they're up here on stage, you know, they're dressed in a three-piece suit with a tie and they're pointing their finger going, repent, you filthy sinners, you know, can anybody ever know you know what I'm talking about? And like, it's an angry preacher talking about an angry God. And, and that word repent has turned a lot of people off because that's the connotation that we have. And although there is some concept of truth to that, This word repent in Matthew chapter three, verse two, basically means this. Jesus is saying when he says repent, he's saying, let me help you change your mind so that you can change the direction of your life. Changing your mind can change your direction. You see, many of us, we want to change the direction of our life, especially if, you know, you've messed up recently or you feel like, man, I've got some habits in my life that are bad habits. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and I want to change the direction that I'm living, but you'll never change your direction until you change your mind. And as you change your mind, it changes your heart. And as your heart changes, your actions begin to change. As your actions begin to change, the direction of your life begins to change. Are you with me? Come on, I'm speaking fast, but at 6 o'clock, you've had a lot of caffeine. We can roll with it. And so scripture says, Jesus is talking to the people. He's like, listen, if you want the best kind of life that you can possibly live, repent. In other words, change your mind so that your life can start going in a different direction. Well, what direction should we go, Jesus? Good question. He goes on to tell us, for the kingdom of God is the direction your life should be heading toward. And the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, God's presence is very near to us. Can I tell you that the myth that God is far from us and that he's just up in heaven looking down on us is is nothing more than a myth. God is very near to us even right now in this room. I don't know if you can feel the presence of God, but I even took a picture in the middle of our worship set when I had the goosebumps over there and I had tears coming down my face. I could feel the presence of God in this room. I can feel him. I don't know about you, but I know my God and I know the the dimensions of my God and I could feel the presence and the power and the healing and the grace of God in this place. Can I tell you, God is not far. God is close. In fact, here's what I know is Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 talks about that after you repent, you change your direction. The direction God wants you to go in is a direction of joy. And and Nehemiah says this, do not grieve. In other other words, all the things that that are in your past that you like, man, the thing you messed up in and the thing that you're grieving over right now. Jesus is saying, man, let that thing go. Stop grieving over things in your past. Come on, turn to somebody and say, get over it. Come on, turn back to them and say, just let it go. He's saying, stop grieving over the past. Instead, he says, I want you to focus on this concept because the joy of the Lord is your strength. In other words, in your worst days, you can possess joy. But there's a contrast. Come on, you're preaching back with me tonight. In Nehemiah, where he says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But there's a contrast only if you're willing to let go of your past. 
Because if you keep living in your past, you're going to keep grieving. If you keep living in your past, you're going to keep crying. If you keep living in your past, you're going to keep being filled with happen. But it didn't. It would have, should have happened. But God says, if it would have, could have, should have happened, it would have happened. But it didn't happen. So let's pick it up and let's get going and let's start dreaming for the future. Let's start looking forward one more time because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm. And so here's what you need to know is that if you're not careful, there are joy killers in our world. How many of you know there are people that are joy killers? Like you're all good and all of a sudden they call you and when you pick up the phone, all of a sudden your joy is gone. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight, you know? And, and, and you got your joy, and you're like, let's go out to eat. And then you're like, oh, before I go, let me check the balance of my bank account. And you get on your app, and it says you got $2.35. You're like, oh, snap, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> joy gone. Come on. There are our joy killers in our life. I, I had my joy killed this week. This week I got an email from my dentist. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about with that? Anybody here tonight, you're willing to be honest enough to admit that you hate going to the dentist? Let me just ask, is there anybody here who loves going to the dentist? Oh, come on. Hey, love of the dentist. I, I literally got an email this week in my inbox that said, hey, your dentist appointment is coming up next week. And I looked at my, <gasps> Jesus, help me, Lord God. Because how many of you know, like when you even just walk down the hall, I don't know, I think in my dentist's office, they have like these paper thin walls. Because walking down the hall, I could hear the machines going. <laughs> Anybody like you just tense up when you hear the machine, you know? It's like, it sounds like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, and then the, it goes. I've got a CD of sound effects from your pastor in the lobby for sale. For, I'm just kidding. How many of you know when the sound changes like that? Man, they're going deep in somebody's mouth. You're like, oh, Jesus, touch that brother right now in the chair. They're going in, you know? And, and so you're sitting there, and everyone in the dentist's office is so happy all the time. It's like they love giving you pain, you know? Mr. Stalker, we're so glad you're here. I know, you're torture people. That's what you love to do. And so the last time I was at the dentist, several months ago, I'm sitting in the chair, and, and, and she's working on me in the machine. And it's just like a, it was just a cleaning, y'all. I mean, it's not even like a root canal. It was like just cleaning. And, and even that little scraper thing, that metal scraper thing, it's like, and then they poke around. They're like, does that hurt? Yeah. You're all up in my gum, bro. And they're like, they're, they're done. And the dentist is like, are you okay? And I am literally shaking. God's honest truth. I'm shaking, I'm shaking, I'm shaking, I'm shaking. I get it from my mom. My mom's the same way. Where does it shake? Ah! And I'm shaking. And she lifts up her mask. And she's got like all the, like, the stuff that's splashed up on her mask, you know. So she lifts up her mask. And, and, and she asks me, she's like, um, man, I don't know if I can keep working on you like this. Like, you're shaking so much. And she said... But I think I've got something for you that I can give you to really help you feel better. And I'm like, look, I'm a pastor. I can't smoke that, you know? I don't know what, to, I don't know what you're trying to give me up in this dentist's office. 
Is this a setup? Is there a camera up in here? What's going on? Someone from Brave Church sent you, didn't they? <laughs> She's like, no, silly. This stuff called nitrous oxide. It's called laughing gas. And I'm like, okay. And so they send the assistant in. They put the mask on my face. And they're like, all right, you're going to feel like this, this air kind of just moving around in your mask. We just want you to breathe deep and, and count backwards from 50. So I'm like, 49. 47. <laughs> 36. I like nitrous oxide. <laughs> and so at first when I got the email this past week, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I'm thinking, nitrous oxide. <laughs> I can't wait to go to the dentist. And it's funny because in the middle of what they know is like the most worrisome time in a lot of people's lives that cause fear and worry and anxiety. They can introduce something to you in the middle of the process of pain to help you get through it. And I thought about that and I'm thinking, you know what? I feel like our God is the same way. That he is such a good God that he doesn't always just pluck us up out of our discomfort like we want him to. Come on, am I talking to somebody? Is there anybody here tonight that you've walked through some stuff? But what God will do, just like the dentist knows that, man, you're going to have to go through some discomfort in order to get your teeth clean. And so your teeth don't fall out of your head. God understands that there will be some uncomfortable situations that you will walk through. Because as you walk through it, there's some stuff that God is cleaning out of you. There's some stuff that God is purifying through you. But in the middle of your pain, he wants to send something to you to help you. It's called joy. And the joy will help you out until you get through to the other side. It's like God just says this, man, are you going through something? Let me just put something over your face and breathe it in. And it's called joy. And when you start breathing in joy tonight, it doesn't matter what you came in with. It doesn't matter what you're facing this week. All of a sudden you can begin to go, man, my God is a good God. I wasn't looking forward to Monday, but it's Sunday night at 7.01 p.m. Bring it on, Monday. I'm ready for you. I can handle it. Come on, turn to somebody and say, I can handle it. Come on, look back at him and say, I was made for this. Come on, I'm not going to quit through some pain. And how you don't quit is you realize that God wants to give you something called joy. Turn to somebody and say, I've got the joy. You see... There are some, some truths about joy, though, because we can talk about it, and you're like, woo! But, but there's truths about joy that you have to understand if you're going to possess joy. So come on, would you write this down? Write this down. Get your notes. Come on, wave them one more time. Note takers are? World changers. Let's go. Number one is this. Um, joy comes when, number one, when you know that God has a plan for your life. And, oh, man, when you know that God has a plan for your life, here's the thing. You can have joy no matter what life has planned for you. Because you better know that life has a plan for you. Let me just go a little bit further. I hope you understand that you have an enemy who is real. And your enemy, he's got a plan for your life. And you have the decision that you will either let Satan, your enemy, define you. 
You will let life define you. You will let your own mistakes define you. Because how many of you know sometimes we are our worst enemy? We will make a mistake and we will say, I'm a loser. I'm a disappointment to God. Who gave you that label just because you messed up? What? No, no, no. Don't let your own mistakes and your own voice and your own rationale define who you are. You need to understand that God wants to define who you are. And God says this, you are a son and a daughter of God. You are highly favored. He chose you. He called you. You are the first and not the last. You are the front and you are not the back. You are blessed coming in and you are blessed coming out. You are favored. You are inheritance. You have more in you than you even know. Come on, how many of you are so thankful that God has so many good things to say about us? Don't let your boss define you. Don't let your parents define you. Don't let your setback define you. Don't let your insecurities, come on, your insecurities define you. Don't let your fear define, don't let how many times you blew, don't let your anger issues define you. Don't let all of your anxiety, don't let your bills define you. Let God define who you are and what you're capable of doing. Yeah, yeah. When you know that God has a plan for your life, that's why Psalm chapter 16 verse 5 says this. Lord, you alone are my portion in my cup. In other words, what he's saying is, God, if it's just you and me and you're all I have, that's all I need. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. In other words, your boundary lines, what he's saying is this. Um, let me just say it like this. My boundary lines as your pastor is, I know I'm called to pastor Brave Church in Miami, Florida. That's my boundary. If I understand my placement, I'm not trying to move my placement. I'm not trying to be a pastor in Dallas, Texas. Because that's out of my boundary lines. Are you with me? This is for those of you who just want to go deep and go, Pastor, just go deep. Okay, we're getting with it right now. So, So when you understand your boundary lines, what you're called for, then it's easier to understand that I can keep my joy. Because even though I may not have the job that I dreamt of. But I understand that God's placed me here for a season. And the season that I'm in, God has placed me with. And God has trusted me in my place of employment. God has trusted me with my place at university. God has placed me in my family that I'm in. Because some of you are like, I wish I had a different family. No, no, God placed you in that family. God's placed you in your city. Man, in other words, stop complaining about the traffic and everything else. God's placed you in Miami because he's put a purpose on your life for Miami. And when you understand your boundary lines, then you can say, well, God, you've placed me here. Why do you have me here? Many of us don't understand why God has placed you where he's placed you. But can I tell you, you're at that job, not just for a paycheck. Because God loves humanity so much, he'll put you in an uncomfortable place because he loves someone that much. Because you carry. You see, every one of us in this room are meant to be carriers of hope. You're supposed to leave this room carrying something for a world out there. The church is not a church just to come in and gather in this place. And hey, let's just have worship. Let's just hear a cute message and then leave here and let nothing change. No, no, no. We're supposed to pack up while we're in here right now. Load up with joy. I'm going to fill my backpack up. I'm going to load this thing up because when I leave these walls, I'm going to unpack everything that I just packed into my life. Out in my job, in my family, in my neighborhood. I'm going to spread peace. I'm going to spread joy. I'm going to spread love. Love. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. But you got to understand your placement. If you despise your placement, you will never be used of God. And so many of us, if we're not careful, because of social media, 
And uh, social media is great. All those platforms are great. But you have to understand that they, and we've talked about this, so I'm saying it for repetitive purposes because it, it takes about seven times for us to hear something for us to a- acknowledge that we've heard it for the first time. True. Is that we, we, social media creates such like this fake world out there. And what we do is we compare our placement with someone else's placement. When their placement that you're admiring and you're envying, it may not even be real. I, I just saw something. This is so crazy. This is just for the six o'clock service because I didn't think about it in the other services. It's nothing more spiritual. I just didn't think about it. Um, that in Russia right now, that they will, for $30,000, promote this, they, they promote this package and they sell out. It, it, like, there's just, it's like a year booked in advance that you could go sit in a Learjet and they'll pour you champagne and pour like, you know, this nice arrangement. And they have professional photographers and they even like put things like in front of windows, okay, to make it look like you're flying over certain destinations. And it looks like you're flying somewhere in your own private jet, but you, you got no jet. You got a professional photographer. And then people are posting that up on social media like, oh, I'm just sitting here in my private jet, just loving life. And I thought, man, how many people look at that and think, man, I wish that was my life. I wish I could be in a jet. They're not even in the air. <laughs> how crazy is that? Yeah. But let me just say something else about other people's placements. Because you have to be careful. It's easy to look at where some people are and wish that you were there. But you have to be careful of that because you don't know what price they paid to get there. You see people like men and women of God that, man, God's moving in their life and God sustains them. Like, man, I wish I could have that. I wish I was in that place. I wish I was standing in stadiums preaching in front of millions of people. You don't know what they've gone through. You don't know what hell they've battled. You don't know what sacrifices they've had to make. You don't know how. That's why I'm very careful. And so I was like, man, I want to be a pastor. Pastor, I want to be like you and preach on the stage. I'm like, you don't want me because what you get with the stage is you get the trials. You get the setbacks. You get the disappointments. You get all the stuff that we have. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Like, like you just got to be careful to say, God, you've positioned me in my placement. Make me as effective as I possibly can right here. Okay, watch this. Watch. Spent way too much time on that point. Surely I have a delightful inheritance and I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Skip down. He says, therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me. and You will not let the faithful see decay. And you make known to me the way of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. I don't know about you, but that sounds good. That sounds better than a dentist office visit, right? Number two. Here's the thing about joy is joy comes when you're certain that God will work it out. Anybody, can we just be honest? It's a six o'clock. Anybody going through anything today? This week? Come on. Yeah. Hands up. Everybody else is lying. Here's what I want you to understand is that joy comes when we understand that God will work it out. Let me just tell you that thing you're concerned about. If you give it to God, God will work it out. God's going to work it out. Come on. God's going to work it out. God's got you. God hasn't forgotten you. God's going to work it out. And let me just say it like this. Um, Even when it's not working out, God is at work to work things out. Let me say that again because that was good. Man, that was awesome, Pastor David. Preach that again. Okay, good. I will. 
even when it feels like things are not working out. I enrolled in these classes, and man, what am I doing? I took too many classes. I enrolled for too many credits. Man, this is going to work out. Even if it doesn't look like it's working out, if you give it to God, God will go to work, and everything is going to work itself out. You see, because God is the God that he loves to work behind the scenes. He does his greatest masterpiece when nobody else is looking. I, I remember when, when Jesus was born and they were looking for a wealthy family to carry this baby, the son of God. But Jesus, he wasn't born to a noble. He wasn't born to a king. God was so tricky because God said, I'm going to put him under the radar. He's going to be born to this virgin teenage girl named Mary and some crazy, naive young man named Joseph. And they're going to be looking for him in the four seasons and in the Ritz Carlton, but no, 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 he's going to be in a manger where nobody's going to find him. And under the radar, the Messiah was raised, and he was raised in a carpenter's home. And under the radar, where people couldn't see him, God was working his greatest masterpiece behind the scenes, behind the curtain, so much so that when he's hanging on the cross, they still could not believe that you are the son of God how can it be it's because God always does his best work behind the scenes and let me tell you it's the same thing with you when no one else sees what God is doing and you give it to God God says I'm going to work on your life and I'm going to work on your dreams and I'm going to work on that bad habit and even when you don't even see me working I'm working things out for your good and at just the right time I'm going to open the curtains and it's showtime. And people around you are going to look at you and say, oh, I guess God was working the whole time. And they're going to look at your life blessed and highly favored. They're going to see how you've come through every valley, every, every forest, every dart of the enemy. And they're going to look at you and say, how in the world did you make it? Because we didn't even see the anointing. You see, there's some of you in this room, you have such a calling for global dominance for the kingdom of God. And you don't even see it yet. You feel so unqualified. I believe some of our best worship leaders, Megan, don't you believe it, are sitting in this room today. But you don't even see it in yourself. I, I believe that the next pastor of this church could pop somebody in this street today. And nobody even sees who they are who he is who she is come on somebody and they don't even see it because right now they may be changing the diapers or they may be in the toddler room but you never know what God is up to when everyone else is overlooking them I'm here to talk to the person that you felt like you've been overlooked in your life like, like maybe like maybe it's too late for you let me tell you something it's never too late with God when nobody else was looking and paying attention to you when you weren't even paying attention to yourself, God was at work. Even when it felt like nothing was working out. Here's number three. Number three. Number three. Joy comes when I choose joy. You, you got to choose joy. Uh, I heard the story about this African king. And this African king was um, going hunting with his best friend and and his best friend was loading his gun, the king's gun. And so he loaded the gun wrong. And because he loaded it wrong, when the king went to shoot the gun, it blew his thumb off. And, and the king's best friend was this positive guy. Anybody just know someone that they're always positive? They're just like, man, life is just great. You're like, what are you talking about? There's, I mean, this is how the guy was. And the king, he looks at his hand. And he's like, my thumb is blown off. Bro. Why did you load my gun wrong? And he's like, King, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is not good. This is bad. This is bad. And the king was so mad with his friend, he threw him in prison. Well, the next year, the king went hunting again, but this time he was alone. 
And while he was hunting, he got uh, taken by another tribe of people who were cannibals. And they tied up the king and they lit up the fire. And they were going to cook this king and eat him. And just before they put him on the rotisserie, come on. Somebody say Boston Market. Let's go. All of a sudden, they noticed that he was missing a thumb. And this, this tribe was very superstitious because they didn't want to eat anything that wasn't whole. And so they looked at him. And they're like, hey, we can't eat you because you're missing a, a, a finger. You're missing a thumb. And so they cut him loose and set him free. Well, the king felt so bad about this because he's like, man, this guy saved my life by blowing my thumb off. So he goes to the prison and he goes to his friends. He says, listen, I'm so sorry. I've locked you up. You've lost a year of your life. I'm so sorry. And his friend's like, this is good. This is good. No, no, no. How can you say this is good? I locked you up for a year. You don't understand what happened. I got taken by cannibals and they let me go because, because you blew my thumb off. And the guy's like, this is good. This is good. How can you say this is good? His friend looks at him and says, because if, you, if I hadn't blown your finger off, then I would have been with you and they would have eaten me. Because how many of you know, like, you got, I got, homie's got two thumbs. You know what I'm saying? Hey, here, here's what I want you to know. And you might want to write this down because this is so powerful for you. And, and it's simply this, is that people who choose to live by faith know that even in the worst situations, God's going to work it all out. So let me give you number three. When I choose joy, you have to understand that joy is something that will not choose you. But you're going to have to choose joy. Let me say it to you like this. Every day you wake up, if you're going to have joy, you're going to have to choose joy. You're going to have to jump on joy because joy is not going to jump on you. You're going to have to jump on breakthrough. Come on, because breakthrough is not going to jump on you. You're going to have to jump on peace because peace is not going to jump on you. Joy is not going to pick you for his team or her team. You're going to have to pick joy every morning. This morning when I woke up, I said, you know what, God? Today I choose joy. Yesterday, today I choose joy. Friday, today I choose joy joy. Pastor David, how do you live? How are you walking? How are you doing? I choose joy. And every day that I choose joy, I feel a supernatural strength from God come all over me. And I choose joy. I begin to look at the blessings of God in my life. I begin to look at how God has given me health and how God has given me you. I begin to look at what God is doing through this church. Why? Because I choose joy. Some people think, well, man, I'm just going to wait until I feel good. Listen, joy is not a feeling. Joy has feelings, but joy is not a feeling. Joy is a choice. You ever seen the TV show, the cartoon, Winnie the Pooh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I feel like Winnie Pooh is like a case study for humanity. I honestly do. Because, I mean, think about the characters in Winnie the Pooh. I know some of the grown men in this place, you're thinking, man, I can't believe he's talking about this. That's all right. Just watch with me. Because here's what I think. I think, that, I think that you look at the characters in Winnie the Pooh, and there's probably one of each character in your office or in your family. For real. It's like a case study. Like, for example, you have the neurotic, depressed little piglet. You know what I'm saying? The piglet's like, oh. Why do you feel sorry for piglet? Those are all the sensitive people in the room. You're like, oh. And then you have the know-it-all owl. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, and nobody wants to be around him. Let me just help somebody with self-awareness, okay? Um, if you're a know-it-all, people don't like being around you. No one likes being around it. And worse, what's even worse is like a one-upper. Anybody know like a one-upper? You tell them a story and they always one-up your story. How weak is that? 
You're like, oh my gosh, I ate at this great Asian restaurant this week. Oh, no, no, no. They interrupt you. No, no, no. The best Asian restaurant I had was at Brickle. It was amazing. I mean, the lo mein is unreal. It's the... Di- You know what I'm talking about? Um, you come back from vacation. Hey, where did you go? Oh, I just went to Naples, and man, it was so peaceful. Oh my God, I just came back from France. Oh. <laughs> and then you have like the smart aleck kangaroo, and then you have naive Pooh. You know, like Winnie the Pooh. The world is falling apart, but he's just like, anybody want to go for a walk? <laughs> Just Winnie the Pooh, you know, he's just there. But then my favorite character in Winnie the Pooh. Tigger, baby. Come on, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Tigger. I love Tigger because Tigger is always just jumping around and he's always singing. And in fact, Tigger like is singing a song that he sang about himself. He wrote a song about himself. The wonderful thing about Tigger. Is Tigger's a wonderful thing. A top made out of rubber, a bottom is made out of springs. Pouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. Hold on. The wonderful thing about Tigger is I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like. (laughs) I mean, Tigger is just always. And then you ask Tigger, Tigger, do you like picking apples? Of course, because Tiggers are the best at picking apples. Tigger, do you like playing basketball? Of course, because Tiggers are the best at playing basketball. I mean, I love Tigger. In fact, I've got a little Tigger figurine that every once in a while when my joy is kind of being tested, I'll take it out and I'll say, David, be a Tigger. Be someone. That may sound weird to you, but it works. Come on. You need to go on Amazon and get yourself a Tigger. Here's what I'm talking about. You have the ability to choose joy. Your circumstance cannot define you unless you let it. But you can let your circumstance be defined by your joy. Where you say, God, you're going to be my source of joy. If the band would come up, God, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to lean into joy. And God, with everything that I have, God, I'm going to trust you with joy. Well, how do I get great joy? Number one is this. Write this down in your notes. Is you have to look beyond what happened. You have to make the choice. I'm going to look beyond what happened. You can choose to live in your problem, or you can choose to look beyond, to say, God, I know that you are healing me of my past. I know that your power is helping me today in my present. And God, I understand that the steps of the righteous are ordered of God. And God, you are in my future. Can I tell you tonight, if you are a child of God, God is already at work in your future. He's already opening doors. He's already clearing your path. He's already coming against the enemy that wants to trip you up and set you up and make you want to quit. He's already working you see some of the greatest people that I know with faith and you see them go through unbelievable circumstances and you still see them standing it's not because they're numb to the pain or they don't care what they've tapped into is that they've already known that God has been fighting that battle way before they ever got there God is already in your 2020 saying 2020 is going to be a tough season for you so I'm going to go and send angels and begin to prepare you for it you see oh man I feel the presence of God 
God in this place. Listen, 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 listen. You have to understand something. You've got to be prepared for battle. And how you get prepared for battle is you let God fight the battles for you. Stop responding to every critic. Stop responding to your enemy. Stop responding to the devil when he speaks to you. Let God fight your battles for you. He's stronger than you. He's wiser than you. He's more powerful than you. There's no need for you to even pick up and respond because you know what? God says, if you get in the way, then I can't move. Sometimes God just wants you to shh. Zip it. Stay off of social media. Stop telling everyone what you think about everything. Number one, because you're not that important. People really don't care. And neither am I. Sometimes we want to lash out. And what we're doing is we're not choosing to look beyond. We're just looking in the moment. And we get freaked out. Like you get that bill in the mail. You're like, oh my God, I don't know what we're going to do. But then you can begin to look beyond that. Okay? I know that my God has carried me this far. And he's never failed me. I don't know where the provision is going to come from. But I do know that there is life after this. And I've got a quiet confidence, a quiet confidence that my God has already been at work in this situation long before I got here. So I've seen people have like tragic deaths in their family. And I've done the funerals as a pastor and I've, I've literally been up there and I see them, this joy on their life. And at first, I've even been like, man, how can, like you lost your child. How can you be smiling and welcoming people and loving people and praising God and lifting your hands? I'll never forget this funeral I did for a teenager in Dallas, Texas. Tragic motorcycle accident. And the parents are there. I mean, I cried more than they did. I'm sure that they wept. I'm sure that they grieved. And I'm not diminishing that. But I'm at the funeral, and I literally asked the dad, I said, how are you able to keep it together? And he said, I can't even explain it to you. But me and my wife have been praying and praying and praying. And we feel like for an entire year, God was preparing us for something big that was going to happen. You see, numbness is actually knowledge that God's be a part of it. Work. And if God's got a plan for my life, then this must be a part of it. And if God's going to work all things together for my good, then I've got to trust him. But I'm going to choose. Come on. I'm speaking over someone here. Choose to look beyond that thing that is keeping you up at night. Here's number two. You ready? Number two, how do I choose joy? You've got to choose to find new opportunities. I don't have time to go into it, but there's scripture there with Paul. He's locked up in prison. And he actually says in the verse, you have it there in Philippians chapter 1 verse 2. He says, my chains have actually caused and they've served the purpose to advance the gospel. What if the situation that's stealing your joy is actually been put there, not even for you, but so that your testimony as you come through it will help expand the reach of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you some of the most inspiring stories I've ever heard are not where, man, everything in my life, everything I touched would turn to gold all the time, man. It's just awesome. No, no, no. Some of the greatest 
encouraging stories are people that have overcome great odds. I mean, I look at athletes and celebrities and pastors and people like you and me who have overcome unbelievable odds. I was talking to a woman um, several months ago who she delivered a child and a few months after she delivered a child, the child died. And it's crazy, the whole story of how it happened, but then she had another child a year to the date of that child passing away. And then now she's got three other kids from it and she's been telling her story. She's writing a book about it. And she's going to encourage thousands and thousands and thousands, maybe millions of women through her pain. But she had to be willing to go through it. You see, some of the greatest encouraging stories that you and I need is we need to look at people eyeball to eyeball and say, stop faking with me. Come on, just tell me you went through some tough, some tough stuff, but you made it to the other side. Look at me in the face and tell me that in the middle of it that you still felt the presence of God. You see, I love getting around people that they've gone through it, but they've been able to press through it to get to the other side. How do they do it? They understand that, that man, there's new opportunities. Here's number three. Number three is you've got to learn to focus on what really matters. I love Paul. He goes in this verse and he's talking about all of the problems that he had and people talking about him and he's in prison. But then he says, but what does it matter? What does it matter? Let me ask you something. What if the prison that maybe you're in today, maybe it's a prison of addiction, depression, insecurity, fear, worry, doubt, anger, resentment. I can go down the list on and on and on. What if that prison was meant to produce something? Paul says this. I'm going to close with this. You got two minutes? Let me close. Paul says this. I'm in this prison. I didn't commit a crime. I'm preaching the gospel and they put me in prison. But there's some new opportunities in this prison that I never considered. Like before I was in this prison and I was free, I was preaching all over the world, starting new churches. This is what Paul says. But now that I'm in this prison, I've got nothing in my life except for time. And so now, I want to focus on something other than my prison. I want to focus in, Holy Spirit, can you speak something to me? And scripture says that while Paul was in prison, come on, are you with me? He begins to write some letters, like Colossians. Holy Spirit, some of the holy scriptures that is bringing freedom and deliverance to people thousands of years later. Those were not written on a mountaintop somewhere. Those were written in the belly of a prison, in a dark prison. But Paul says, I'm going to choose to focus on joy. And my joy is going to produce something that's going, what if your prison tonight is ready to produce something to bring deliverance and freedom to people that you didn't even know that your life would reach? Yeah. So joy. My last challenge to you tonight is this. Leave here tonight and say, today, I choose joy. Monday, come at me. I choose joy. Tuesday, Wednesday, February, March. I'm going to choose joy. 
it's this phrase that I've really disciplined myself to think is that I pre-decide. Let me just say this and I'm going to close. I pre-decide before the enemy attacks me again that whatever the attack is, I choose joy. Pastor, have you doubted God? Not for one minute because I've chosen joy. I've already made up my mind. Man, this is non-negotiable. My faith in God is non-negotiable. I choose joy. How about you? What about today? You could say, Pastor, today I want to choose joy. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Jesus, today I thank you for my friends that are in this room. And I thank you for every person that is under the sound of my voice. They are not here by accident. They're here for a purpose and a reason. Jesus, I pray that you would just fill our hearts with joy. Give us the tenacity and the strength to focus on joy. To focus on you, God. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Dave, would you pray for me? Tonight, man, I just need God to fill me with joy. If that's you in this room, nobody looking around. If that's you on the count of three, just lift your hands and put it right back down. I just want to know how I can pray for you. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Hands up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Come on, would you pray this prayer over yourself as I pray it for you? Jesus, tonight I choose joy. Tonight I ask you to be my focus. I pray that tonight I would change my mind and change my direction. That from this day forward, I predecide to choose joy. I thank you for joy. I thank you for peace. I thank you for strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now listen, one more thing I want to ask you. With with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, tonight, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Tonight, I want to say yes to Jesus. If that's you in this room, I'm not going to embarrass you, but you say, I'm ready to surrender my life to God. I'm ready to say yes. I'm ready to repent. Change my mind and change my direction. I want to give Jesus a chance in my life. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand and put it right back down. One, two, three. Come on, lift it up. Yeah. So many hands. So many hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many. You can put it right back down. Come on. Can everyone pray this with me out loud? Whether you raise your hand or not, say, Jesus, today I say yes to you. Forgive me of every sin. Be my Lord, be my Savior. I say yes. Take control of my life. I surrender it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, can we give God a shout of praise for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.